Welcome to the Dynasty Happy Hour Podcast. Pull up a chair and kick up your feet as you get ready to enjoy some of the industry's most entertaining and actionable Dynasty content on the planet. We're talking veterans, rookies, sleepers, and oh yeah, you know the crew has those dad jokes ready for you. So let's not wait any longer and bring on the host or some combination of Doug, James, and Tyler. Welcome back to the Dynasty Happy Hour. It's a three-man box, but we have a special guest on today. We are joined by Derek Brown today. He's going to cover all things Senior Bowl that happened this past week, the practices, the game, yawn. Um, but we'll go over everything with Derek. Tyler's here. I'm here. Derek, how the hell are you, my friend? I'm doing good, boys. It's been a minute. Good to be back, man. It's like putting on the comfy uh, the comfy hoodie after a year or two. You find it in the back of the closet. You're like, oh, I remember this. So, no, you thanks for having me, boys. All day long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love those hoodies. Well, you're fresh back from Mobile, Alabama. Sure am, man. Good time I, at Senior I've, Bowl. I've never been down there, so maybe one day I can go down oh, there. Oh, you need to, you need to come. It's it's fantastic. Every year is freaking awesome. My one yeah. question is, how many times did Thor talk about the punter from Iowa? <laughs> He's an expert of Gene. <laughs> oh God, that, that got me. That got me. Um, <laughs> who? Um, to be honest, I lost count. I would yeah. set the line at. 10 over under be about be about 10 we'll we'll give it the hook 10 and a half we don't want any pushes around here so and he probably went he easily smashed the over probably first day of practice i can i can give you my level of nerddom i play in one of my dynasty leagues has kickers and punters so uh i was interested i was like okay i mean i've got stonehouse from tennessee as my punter who's an animal until he got hurt so i don't really need a second punter but you know I, i put a bookmark in it Put put it this way, to, to 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 just to put a bow on this, Thor and I had a conversation at dinner one night about playing in uh, possibly a Devi league and including punters in the league just because of that man. Yeah, it's Michael Dixon was my guy for a while from Seattle. That was my that was my punter. I planted my flag in. And if you need yeah. any advice from this man Thor, if you don't know who he is, go look him up. Do it before July because NCAA 24 comes out. And <laughs> man is going to be a, on a milk carton after that game comes yep. up because he won't respond to anything. I think I think a lot of people are. People are still playing the last one with modified rosters and all, yeah. all sorts of craziness. Uh, also, a statement that describes Thor. Just yeah, put it out there. I think he's in year what 26. Last I check or something like that. Yep. Um, all of his players in real life will be applying for their AARP cards, but you know, who's counting? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. Hey, I just wanted to give a quick shout out. We are brought to you this week by Underdog. One of the best ways to play fantasy, especially with DFS. I like the prop bets. Everything is live for the Super Bowl, so you can do overs, your unders, player props for both teams. You can pick them. Everything is on there. And right now, when you use code DHH, you can get $100 matched up to right away. So if you got 50 bucks laying around, you found it in your couch, you found it in that sweatshirt that you found in the back of the closet, you can take that 50 bucks, you can match it right on underdog today. And then football season is going to be officially over after the Super Bowl. But guess what? They have baseball, which the trucks just rolled out of Boston today to go to Florida. Wow, I'm not excited. Um, We've got basketball, we've got hockey, they've got everything and all sorts of ways to play on underdog. So check it out today. It's code DHH up to $100 matched right away. 
All right. I got a little bit of news I want to talk about before we get into Senior Bowl. couple hirings. I don't want to get deep into the weeds, but I think they're notable. So the Washington Commanders hired Dan Quinn as their head coach after being kind of spurned by Ben Johnson. I feel like Ben Johnson was their guy. And then there's reports coming out that Ben Johnson's um, asking price was way too high and maybe spook some teams, whatnot. Who knows? Don't want to speculate. But Ben Johnson is staying in Detroit. So that's great for all of our Detroit Lions fantasy-relevant players. And then maybe they draft a second receiver this year. That'd be nice. Uh, so we got that going on. And then Cliff Kingsbury was originally going to be the Las Vegas Raiders OC. And then he's like, I'm going to go to Washington and be the OC. Now, of course, that fires up the rumors because we all know that Cliff Kingsbury has a relationship with Caleb Williams and the Washington Commanders pick number two. Do they have the balls to go from two to one and, and pay, a pa- pay a price that's probably going to be higher than most people are going to think to move up mm-hmm. one spot? I think the Commanders want to make a splash. And I think they want to do it. Caleb Williams is from the area. They have Cliff there. They have Dan Quinn, which when Dan Quinn is the head coach, always a top 12 passing offense for Dan Quinn. We saw it in Atlanta, right, Tyler? Like they throw the ball a lot when Dan Quinn is the the head coach. So this could be, I think there's a lot of smoke here. And I think there's, there might be some fire to it. Derek, what do you think about Caleb Williams and them uh, trading up one spot to get him? I mean, I, th- I think it's going to happen, guys. I mean, for all the reasons you talked about, plus a new ownership group, they really want to make a splash, a sta- like really want to stand out here. And what do you do with – and I'm not going to say I was surprised by the hiring of Dan Quinn. I, obviously, I think like an offensive-minded guy like Ben Johnson, Slowick, like one of those guys is probably their, their <clears throat> top shelf or their number two, three, one picks. But Dan Quinn – I'm not saying that, you know, it's a bad pick as a head coach, as long as he's going to handle the defensive side of the ball. And there are parts of pieces to like there. Uh, the other part of this is you could airdrop Caleb Williams into that offense. And are we going to say that it's going to be a terrible offense? I mean, you still have McLaurin, Dotson, Logan Thomas, say what you will. Brian Robinson, he outpaced my expectations last year. So if they do make the trade up for Caleb Williams, I think the biggest worry that you have, and some of this we saw some of this was Sam Howell driven was the offensive line. So that would be my biggest concern because if you're going to trade up for, to Caleb Williams and you're going to give up all those assets, you better be willing to open the wallet and open the piggy bank to pay offensive linemen and, and make sure that you have guys up front that can even block for him. Yeah. And the thing with this free agent class, especially at the guard position specifically, it's not a very good free agent class. I think Michael Owenu, who's a Patriot, uh, or was, is going to be like the highest price guard. And he's a good player, but he's not like, he's probably going to get paid way more than he should because of the scarcity. But the good news is this draft is is rife with offensive linemen, um, which is great. And I know you saw some of them this week at the Senior Bowl. We're not here to talk about offensive linemen. For Christ's sake, we already talked about punchers. And that's that's about as, that's as that's, deep as we get. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> as deep enough. as we get. Um, but I did want to start. We're going to go kind of go by position here. And I know everyone was super excited about this quarterback group. And it seems like the excitement um, after the, the senior bowl week, now it's kind of like, eh, is that accurate? Like, what was your impressions? I know Spencer Rattler won the MVP for the senior bowl. He threw a touchdown pass. He wasn't even in the game that much, but we heard mm-hmm. good things about Spencer during the week. And I've always liked him. I know Tyler was huge into Spencer Rattler yeah, when he was at I, Oklahoma. I really liked him. Uh, and then, and then you kind of soured on him a little bit, but you know, I think he came in a little smaller than a lot of people thought he was, but I think he looked pretty good this week. 
So let's get initial thoughts. Start with Spencer Rattler and then just kind of go from there. I mean, I think Rattler had a, had a strong week. Now, if you want to talk about the totality of his week, uh, day one, day two were a little more shaky, especially day one. Uh, he took a few shots downfield or at least one shot downfield got picked off. And then for the rest of the day, Rattler was just in check down city. You know, and, and that could be said for a lot of these guys going the, just to the, the quarterback the game position was overall. Down city. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, it's just a reflection of the practices in. Yeah. Because it, it every year I've gone to Senior Bowl, and I think it's three or four, three, three or four years now running. Every year it's like, oh man, the quarterback play. A lot of years you're like, oh, like the year we had Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis there, Desmond Ritter. You couldn't get completed passes to save your life. So you're trying to evaluate the wide receivers and stuff there based off of just one-on-ones route running, getting open because ball's not even coming close to being accurate. And this year it was a lot of check down city. I mean, Spencer Rattler had, I would say, described as a rough day one. He picked up the pace in day two and really closed strong in day three. And for a lot of what you expect out of Spencer, Spencer Rattler's game, the Yolo-ness, the – well, honestly, in my write-up, literally, I said there are some some plays where you're going to watch Spencer Rattler and you're going to say, what in the absolute hell is he doing? And <laughs> that happened for Spencer Rattler. He had good moments. He had rough moments. I think out of all the quarterbacks, he showed probably the most. And so, I mean, on, on the Fantasy Pros show, when we were talking about recapping the entire week, I literally said, because we had to name, like, okay, who's the quarterback winner out of this week? I said nobody. Nobody in Mobile was yeah, winner. I think that's Outside fair. of J.J. McCarthy was honestly my biggest winner out of that because because of the week that Bo Nix and Michael Penix had, you can easily say he is the tier two guy. He is the clear QB four, and he did nothing. He did nothing. He He's basically was sitting one. home in his John PJs. Harbaugh's quarterback one. I mean, well, Harbaugh's <laughs> of course. A little, little, I mean, of course. I mean, and and no shame to him. Harbaugh's got to sit here and talk up his dude. I get it. I, I'd be doing the same thing if I was in his situation, but. With Rattler, I think he had, a, I, I would say, a passable week. If not, it was made better by the fact that everybody else basically face-planted. So, Rattler, I don't see him going any higher than probably round four in the NFL draft. Yeah. So, maybe he improved his stock from round five, round six conversation into round four, which for him, I mean, hey, kudos. But is this a guy we're going to talk about as like a day two guy? No. I think he probably – I wouldn't be surprised if he sneaks up into round three just because what we saw in the NFL the last two years, when we have almost 70 starting quarterbacks, um, I think, you know, we're going to start to see the quarterbacks not last until the sixth and seventh just because. You know, they want arms to have them in camp, and they realize the value of that. So I could see Rattler going towards like the, some mid to late third for a team that needs a, you know, a developmental guy as a backup. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um who was your, I mean, you, we talked a little bit off air about Michael Penix Jr. being super disappointing. So talk to me about that. We all know he came off the national championship game, not looking great, although he had an amazing season. He's got a long injury history. He's a little bit of an older prospect mm -hmm. coming into the NFL. And then he didn't play in the game. Like he pulled himself from the game and th that could go two ways. Oh, A, I don't want to get hurt or B, I don't want to make myself look worse. It's definitely the latter. He didn't yeah. want to sit here and ruin his stock any more than he already had throughout the week. And I'll, I'll group these two guys together. Bo Nix and Michael Penix had terrible weeks. Um, Penix had the better week out of the two of them in the sense that you saw flashes of the arm talent. There were a few spots where, 
I mean, off the top of my head, I can remember a ball where he placed a Malachi Corley, uh, an over-the-shoulder throw that was chef's kiss. It was beautiful. But the other parts of Penix's game really came back and reared their ugly head in the sense, in the sense of when you watch Penix's film and when they're not doing performing the quick passing game, first like predetermined first reads, like literally snap it, three-step, get rid of it. When that's not part of his game and he's got to go through either half-field reads or full-field reads, you see Penix, like that trigger is a tick slow. And there are times where he just doesn't see guys like – Get asking Michael Penix to throw over the middle of the field, and literally sometimes guys are running, they're having to cross his face for him to see them in the progression. It's a problem. And so for Michael Penix, you saw flashes of the arm talent, but honestly, like, look, we already knew that was there. So that's not really a question he had to answer that was going to help his stock. And you didn't see the arm talent consistent enough to where even that was going to be like just such a great thing for him. So I think more of it, he had a rough week. You saw a lot of checkdowns, a lot of he wasn't stretching the field consistently. So even the big arm, we didn't see that very often. But the fact of him struggling to go through reads, him being a tick slow, him not seeing the full field, those things showed up a lot more and they were a lot more prevalent. And yes, we get throw out for all of these guys. It's a tough t- situation. They go into a spot where they don't know a lot of these wide receivers, some of them, none of them. Right. And they have to pick up the playbook, and you have to build a rapport in three days. What the hell is going to be asked out of him when he goes to an NFL team? He's going to have to learn rapport with these guys. He's going to have to pick up a new playbook. He's going to be in a new situation. All of those things still apply. Yes, it was in the three days. Sure, but baller's ball, and that's what happens, and Penix didn't. Same thing for Bo Nix, man. He was The biggest thing about Bo Nix is – if you were looking to dispel from, from Bo Nix's perspective, if he was looking to dispel any of the, okay, yes, I played rough at Auburn. I went to Oregon, and again, talking about a system that was predicated off of first reads, getting the ball out, wide receiver screens. That's all Bo Nix did at too. Oregon. That's yeah. it. Yes. I mean, literally, he was asked to play point guard in a very, very dumbed-down way of three-step, get rid of it. Three-step, get rid of it. Okay, well, if your first read's not there, literally Bo Nix, every single snap at Oregon was, I'm going to take off running, I'm going to check down, or I'm throwing the ball out of out of bounds. I'm probably not getting my second read because that's just not what I do. And Bo Nix did not look good at Immobile. Like, so you're talking about a guy that has garnered first-round buzz in certain circles? That That is shot to hell. He is not going in the first round. There's no way in hell he's going in the first round. Anybody that's going to tell you otherwise – was watching different practices than what I watched. I think he's a third-round guy now. I think Penix is also a third-round guy in the NFL draft. So, I'm sorry, but it's just facts. So you're telling me wheels up for Nunze? Because <laughs> obviously, and Polk, probably. Maybe. The, the wide receiver is definitely bumped up. And Troy Franklin, who wide receiver for Oregon. Um, it, it's probably a bump up for them just due to how bad these quarterbacks yeah. looked. and. And maybe, hey, Alabama, I know the the Washington head coach went there. Maybe the offense is going to look similar, so mm. the quarterbacks get bumped there. Um, yeah, we're, we're kind of looking at these quarterbacks being more system quarterbacks and probably lifelong backups. Yeah, yeah the, the thing that I look for, and, and you touched on it early in your breakdown of Knicks and Penix, was the thing that I look for mostly when I watch quarterback film isn't necessarily – I don't watch the throws – 
the throws are the throws. Can they make them? Sure. It's how do they progress through their reads? If they can't progress mm-hmm. through their reads or they're locked on a receiver, that's the kind of problem where at the next level, we saw some of this early in the season with, I'll give a great example with Bryce Young. So he, he had a hard time. He was slow. Like he wasn't fast yep. enough. And if these kids are in college and they can't process fast enough, the NFL is only going to be twice as fast. Yep. So they have a shitload to learn between now and training camp because if they don't if they don't speed it up, they're going to be lost. Like a, Malik Willis was another yep. one that can't process fast enough to make the reads. He doesn't know where the guy's going to be. He, you know, you can throw a ball to a spot, and if you have that rapport or that the way to to process information, you should have a good idea where your reads are going to be. Like boom, boom, boom. Like if you're like this, and then you're like, oh, I'll look at the second one. It's too late. Like you have to be laser on it. So that's one of the things I look for when I yep. watch these quarterbacks is, and you said it perfectly, the system with Bo Nix, you drop him into that system. He's surrounded by hyper athletes. Like he's set up for success right away. Like Bo Nix could easily be a ton of these quarterbacks out of the portal. Like yep. that's how I he feel was like God it. awful at Auburn. If you remember. Oh, he was so bad. Like, so bad. Debbie leagues. He was the truth. And then literally year two, he was written for written off. Like, Doug, Capitalist Pigs League. He was the he was the hotness. And yep. then you didn't hear about him because you want to know why he was bad. He, he was, was bad. very yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh, he he wasn't any good, man. It was it no. was tough and uh not not to cut you off, Doug, but, but like you're good. the the other guy that like I mean I, I just and we didn't even talk about Joe Milton yet. So I don't know if we want to yep. lead into Joe Milton and stuff, but I think like yeah, he sure. caps he capsized his draft capital. Like there's gonna be a team out there that falls on the sword and drafts him in the fourth or fifth round based off of the traits. Those traits don't mean shit. If you can't hit a, hit a wide receiver, they don't yeah, mean you, anything. If you, you can play off script, but if you can't complete a pass, forget it. You oh, basically just lands. described his entire day two. That was Joe Milton's day two of practice. He could not complete a pass to save his life. And it was rough, man. So like as good as the arm is, I mean, my comp walking into Mobile and my comp walking out of Mobile for Joe Milton is exactly the same. It's Josh Freeman. There's a big arm. Ooh. Don't know where the hell it's going to go. Yeah. There could be moments where, oh, that's it, it's all dialed in and it looks beautiful. And then amazingly, then the wheels come off in a spectacular fashion. <laughs> then you got dysentery, Oregon Trail style. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to circle back to Penix and Knicks because in Superflex mm-hmm. leagues, I think that they were – a lot of people were feeling they were like probably – late first rounders yes in superflex because we all know quarterback is king in superflex leagues mm-hmm. based on this information now i don't think the combine they maybe they show out at the combine i don't care i've seen them that matter you saw them yep. practice for a week we saw the game like whatever um where do you think in superflex leagues do you think this drops him to like top of the second mid second because you know someone's gonna bite because they're a quarterback Someone's going to bite, and again, somebody's going to fall in that proverbial sword. They're going to sit here and step on the landmine for you. Just avoid them. I I think they'll go because, <clears throat> and this is assuming, so part of this comes down to draft capital conversation too for me because quarterbacks, the farther that goes down and gets pushed down, the least likely we're talking about these guys even getting a cup of coffee as a starter, much less a full year, much less actual run as a starter where it's just multi-year. like the chances of you getting a two-year run as an NFL starter, once you get outside of even the first round, 
big decrease in that. But second round and, and, and forward, assuming these guys go in the second round, which I think is a big, big assumption that I'm not going to make, but assuming let's play the, the, the sunshine um, narrative here. If they go in the second round, they're going to go in the second round of Superflex drafts. I'm avoiding them like the plague. Somebody else can draft them. I'm not doing that. They should be going in the third round of the NFL draft. And if that's the case, they should be back into the second, top into the third, assuming 12-team yeah. leagues, things, all, all that kind of stuff, Superflex. That's where they should go. Now, will they? No, because we see it every year, you know, like – when Malik Willis dropped and his draft capital was nothing, you still had people drafting him in the second round because they were Top so convinced second. and so yeah. confirming the priors. They were like, you know, Malik Willis, blah, He's blah, blah. He's a value. Exactly. It, he just became a value. And it's like the narrative writes itself, and it's like, well, fine. Yeah. I, I, I'm I, not drafting those guys. I will either trade out of that and then just punt it to 2025, or I will draft a positional player. I'm not drafting either one of those quarterbacks. Nope. Yeah, it sounds like I want people to draft outside of the top three or four quarterbacks. I want them to draft because then it's gonna it's gonna trickle value to me, probably at yep. the wide receiver position or running back or even tight end at that point. Um, to wrap up quarterbacks, there was one name that I was looking forward to see. I actually watched one of his games and he caught my eye. I was on the treadmill at the gym. I was watching Tulane, and I was like, oh, this kid Pratt looks pretty good. I forget who they were playing. It was a it was a good uh, competition, and I was like, "Oh, he looks good." So I was excited to hear that he was going to be at the Senior Bowl, and then I didn't hear anything about him all week. So I was like, "Damn." Uh, I mean, Michael Pratt. I think again, if you're looking for who had a decent week, you could say Michael Pratt. He had moments right. where you saw a decent ball placement, you saw him move the offense and stuff. But I think Michael Pratt, the the things that that are going to hold Michael Pratt back are still the things that are going to hold Michael Pratt back. Again, operated in a, in a quick first read passing offense at Tulane. And the big thing about Pratt is that I think he has enough arm strength to make most of the requisite throws of the NFL. Does he have special arm strength or no. special ball placement? No. And so for me, he's a guy that, could you talk yourself into him being your QB three as a developmental guy, like take him in round four, round five or something, if you're just really enamored with him? Sure, but I don't see him as anything more than that, projecting him to the NFL. Yeah, to me, he's like a Davis Mills. So yeah, Clifford I can see that. Drafted in the fifth round. Anything no. can happen. Anything can happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that, <laughs> that's a true Cinderella story right there. That's Yes. that That is... We're going to put Sean Clifford and Jaron Hall in the same little Cinderella movie, and it would be fantastic because both of those guys should absolutely – Sean Clifford needs to send a fruit basket to Jahan Dotson to help him get drafted, yeah. and Jaron Hall still needs to send more accolades Puka Nakua's <laughs> way because he got drafted because that's the so, only reason. So yeah. I, I do want to touch base on the quarterback real quick. If it wasn't for Brock Purdy, we wouldn't be talking about these late-round quarterbacks. Nope. Because other than Brock Purdy – Oh, it was None the Brock Purdy effect, even last year. Yeah, like, yep. I drafted Stetson Bennett in places because I'm like, Rams offense, uh, he's a winner. It could yeah. happen. You're like, you're like, what if? He's yeah. also a wiener. He's also in Fair. rehab. Hopefully he's getting better, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully we do see him. But, um, yeah, like guys like that. So if I'm drafting a late-round quarterback this year, I'm looking at offense. I'm looking at the Rams. I'm going to look at an opportunity. Like Aiden O'Connell got his opportunity. His draft value went up. That's all I'm looking at. So, like, 
the the Penix and stuff, if they, they get drafted in the second round, but it's a bad team, no thanks. But if we see a guy in the later rounds get drafted by a team that has a, a good offense and has a chance, yes, then I might take yeah. a late round, third, fourth round flyer on them and see what happens. All right, before we move to running backs, I want to give a shout out to Trophy Smack. Guys, the season has just ended. If you have not paid your commission, paid your winners, I don't know if you've been on Twitter this past week, follow that saga. But make sure you go and get a trophy on trophysmack.com. Get it made for your winner or maybe your loser of the league. You can use code DHH ring right now when you buy a belt or a trophy and get a free $60 championship ring for free. Keep it for yourself. Give it to the high scorer. Give it to second place. I don't give a shit what you do with it, but it's free. It's a really high quality wing, ring, wing. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so make sure you check that out at trophysmack.com today. Once again, code DHH ring for that free $60 ring at checkout. All right, Derek, running back position. There wasn't a lot of big names at the senior bowl, so we don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but give me your impressions of the running back position and maybe some specific guys. I know one, cause all I heard this week was about Marshawn Lloyd from USC. So I know he was the big winner putting the, I'm, I'm doing the Tyler. I'm putting the, the cart before the horse here. Um, but give me your breakdown <laughs> on the running back position. Classic me. I It's Marshawn Lloyd, and it's everybody else, man. I mean, he he had a monster week and a guy that I was super high on coming in because if you look at just his tackle-breaking metrics, we're talking about a guy that basically everything you could pull up from a tackle-breaking perspective, Lloyd was top 20 each of the last two years. And the big thing for Marshawn Lloyd that he showed out this, this week – that I think, and, I, and I've, I've already tweeted it out there. The takes are out there. I think he could sneak into the round three of the NFL draft. I He he is not leaving round four. D lock it in. He is going to be a top four round pick. But I think he could get into round three because the big thing that Marshawn Lloyd showed this week is his pass game utility. Did he get to show that out a lot at USC? No, but you had Caleb. I mean, Caleb's scrambling around, making his own plays, throwing it down the field. You don't get the type of checkdowns and stuff like that when that happens. So Lloyd, legit, and, and this is what it tells me, like coaches wanted to see what he did in the passing game because two, two days and back-to-back -back days, we saw them close with Marshawn Lloyd getting work in the pass game. I think it was day two, he closed with a wheel route up the sideline with a beautiful basket catch, just burning a linebacker. And it was time after time, pass pro snaps in one-on-ones and in the receiving drills where Lloyd just continued to show out, man. He looked fantastic. I, I, I had a chance to interview the kid. Awesome, man. Like, he was so, so eloquent in, in his interview. Awesome kid, hard worker. And I think NFL teams are going to love him, man. So, as, a, as the clear winner from the running back position, had to mention him. But the other guys that kind of stand out in the process um, – Two guys come to mind here. Kamani Vidal, a uh, guy out of Troy, a smaller school. A guy that I walked in here feeling like, okay, <sighs> the speed and the burst, those are big question marks because he can break tackles. He's good in a phone booth, but you don't see home run speed from him. I saw enough out of Vidal to think that a team could take a, a shot on him Probably round five, but he's a guy that could continue to work his way up a depth chart because he was quicker than fast. He was quick, but not so much fast. Yep. And in the practices, 
he continually showed out, especially in the receiving drills. One-on-ones, he had enough short area agility, which if you're watching his film and looking at his stats, the breakaway run rates are not great. The tackle breaking metrics are okay. Pass game usage was amazing in college for him, but some of that comes down to quarterback. Some of that comes down to system. So what can these guys show in the practice week to prove that, hey, I can catch passes. I can separate versus linebackers and defenders. And Vidal did that. But Isaiah Davis, again, talking about another small school guy who I, you turn on the film for him and you're like, oh shit, like this guy can break tackles. He's smooth in between traffic. He can weave. He's got good vision, enough burst. Uh, he also had a really, really strong week. Um, just the guys hitting them off top that I felt like had the strongest weeks. Um, another guy that I wasn't, particularly as high because he has the resume walking into this and Cody Schrader to where you're like, dude, like this is probably your week. It wasn't his week in the sense like he didn't walk out just crushing everybody else in the field. That was Marshawn Lloyd, but Cody Schrader, I walked away more of a fan of him than when I walked into the process. And this is not me tossing shade at Cody Schrader. Cody Schrader is going, NFL coaches are going to freaking love him. Because he does everything right. He hits the hole. He has good vision. He does exactly what you want him to do on every play. And what I saw out of Cody Schrader was not necessarily because my biggest question mark of him was what is what does the raw speed look like? Can he separate versus guys when he's asked to run pass routes? Because he wasn't used in the pass game a ton in Missouri, but we did see that in Mobile. He looked smooth, man. I, I, I was yeah. really happily surprised by how good he looked in mobile and we're talking about also some of these guys like just their build when when we see you on the field do you like the first what's what's the first impression of a guy does he look rocked up does he look smaller is his lower half smaller cody schrader has tree trunks for legs dude dude's got cankles he's built like austin eckler a bit yes like he's got cankles man like the dude is just like from the from the waist down I mean, thighs, calves, he is going to be able to churn out some hard yards in the NFL. And for all those reasons, like my pre-senior bowl ranks and post-senior bowl ranks, Cody Schrader was probably the biggest guy that that jumped up the highest. Gotcha. I heard a lot about uh, Wiley from Arizona this week. Some some people chattering about him. Any any impressions on him at all? I loved his profile coming into it more than I loved what I saw in the field. But the, the, the caveat of that is, I'm not taking a ton away from that because it, it, the other good thing about being a mobile is you get to talking to coaches, you get to talking to whether it's collegiate coaches or guys in the NFL, scouts, people around the the business on both sides of the coin. I talked to a, a variety of people down in Arizona that said like, look, or the, from Arizona that said, look, like he might not be fully healthy. That didn't matter. Like he was going to come to this event and try to help himself any way that he could. Mm-hmm. And so for Wiley, I still I'm intrigued by the profile because the receiving acumen is there and we saw that in one-on-ones, but did he look explosive? Did he look sudden? Did he consistently just blow guys away? Like if I were to tell you last year, like Tajay Spears blew people out the damn door and running whip routes, running angle routes, what he did in the past. That angle route, yeah, he destroyed that oh, guy. Oh, dude. Last year. He yeah. crushed crushed people <laughs> just religiously. Yeah. Did Michael Wiley do that? No. So some of it, I'm going to give him a 
I would take it with a grain of salt. I'm giving him a little bit of a pass. Like, is he a guy? Because I think he probably ends up probably round five of the NFL draft. Okay. Is he a guy that I'm going to con- just based off of the profile? Will I still draft him in the third round of rookie drafts? Yes. Am I going to be over the moon and like with a player like Marshawn Lloyd, am I going to be trading into rookie drafts to get him? No. No. I got two more names that I want to talk about. And then Tyler, if you want to chime in, one of them was Ray Davis, who a lot of people like older prospect, but he's rushed for a thousand yards for three different teams, which is amazing. And then a guy I didn't really wasn't on my radar at all, but he got a ton of work in the game. And you, you talked about being quick and sudden. It was Imani Bailey from TCU. Mm -hmm. I thought he looked really good and he was pretty much like he was used as like the back. I mean, he got like six or seven touches. Like uh, he got like, I think four touches in a row and did, did really well with them. So what was your impressions on Bailey in game and then Davis for the week? Davis, I really, he, he opened some eyes. He, he had a beautiful one hander. I think it was on day two or day three with that. That was fantastic. And And the thing about Davis that I want to point out here is you talked about the long collegiate career. If you watched his 2019, 2020 tape, and then you turned on 2023, he looked like a different player. He, and, and, and part of this is, and, and it, it, it take me off, man. I, the, he was one of the guys that at the beginning of walking into mobile, I wanted to interview the most. And I never got a chance to, to, to get him, like whether it was like other people in the media were asking questions or I just couldn't find him on media days and stuff. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to him and sit down with him and be like, what did you change in your workout regimen? What did you change about getting yourself ready from 2022 to 2023? Because if you watch his film in 2023, he looks like a different player. Extra burst. He looks shifty. And a lot of ways you didn't see that in 2019 and 2020. There was a second gear that hadn't been there before. So I wanted to like, really just pick his brain and be like, what, what's up with this? Do you think some of it just comes with age? Like I know he's an older, pros- he's an older prospect. So, I mean, if you're 23 and you're playing against guys that are 18 and 19, you've just got that experience. And maybe like, maybe physically he's just, he's peaking a little bit later than um, some of the other kids on the field. I know I, I, I heard someone bring that up and I don't remember who it was, but I was like, Oh, that's actually a pretty good point. I, it, it could be, but the, the other intangibles, like, difference. Like, if you're going to tell me, like, he had extra savvy like, as far as, like, that comes with experience and reps as far as, like, picking up a free rusher, hitting a lane, or something he does in a route, then then I, I would agree. It was a but physicality. From a, but from a, a pure speed burst wiggle okay. perspective, no. I think that that he, he changed something in, in his workouts. He had to either cut weight and – and what, what what that looks like, but I didn't get a chance to ask him any of that. But he, I think that if you're looking at him having a strong 2023, I think he continued to build on that immobile. And he's a guy that I would not be surprised if a team drafted him where you were looking at probably Ray Davis was going to be entering mobile, round five, six, maybe a UDFA kind of guy. I think he gets drafted now. And I think he's probably going to go somewhere in the top five rounds. Now, where is totally up for debate, but I think he will be drafted in the top five rounds now. Gotcha. Uh, any uh, thoughts on Amani Bailey, and then we'll move on to pass catchers. <sighs> Amani had a much better game than his practice was all week. Okay, and that's why I was. I curious. think I, I think the coaches wanted to give him some shine in the game because honestly, he was very pedestrian in practice all week. I think okay. like for a guy his size, 
you need to see a trump card. You need to see a trump card out of a guy his size. And whether that is just raw speed or agility or tackle breaking, what have you, you need to see that type of trump card for that guy to win in the NFL. And I don't see that out of, out of Monty Bailey. I think I agree with you. I think that he had a stronger game in terms of the game they played on Saturday than he had at all throughout the week of practice where he just looked like a guy. Like, it wasn't anything special. He didn't crush his draft stock, but did he – did I walk away from Mobile saying, all right, Amani Bailey's got the sauce. He's got the goods. No. Okay. Good to know. Tyler, anything to add at the running back position? Um, it's just going to be interesting with Marshawn Lloyd and uh, Cody Schrader because Cody Schrader, you know, he – as a recruit – he was pretty much nothing written off and then was yep. a very high producer at Mizzou. And then Marshawn Lloyd was pretty much the opposite. Very high recruit, four-star guy from 24-7. But the produ- the production wasn't quite as what you thought. You know, South Carolina and then went to USC. So it'll be interesting to see where these guys end up going in the NFL draft and if the Senior Bowl really makes a difference. But it's pretty much what this running back class is. Hopefully the second and third rounds you can find a guy that produces and and goes up the depth chart like a clear Herbert type uh, of player. So, Well, yeah, Tyler, one other thing I want to mention on Trader Man is yeah. that every interview he did, you walk away from it, even if I wasn't asking the questions and just listening to his responses, I, I'll also toss this out here. I'm a fan of the kid. Like, I want yeah. to see him succeed. Every interview question he had, he crushed it. Every time that somebody asked him or – Asked for a few minutes of his time, he was awesome. And and that's really what you want to see also out of these kids in Mobile. It's like the ones that know, like, look, like, I need to crush this, man. Like, to, yeah. to actualize my dreams and to be an NFL player and to get where I want to go, those are the kids that, like, where, where, you know, you could talk about Cody Schrader. We're about to talk about wide receivers. Luke McCaffrey was the same way. He was crushing every single interview. Awesome kid. Thought he had a strong week. We'll talk about him in a, in a second. But Cody Schrader, I want nothing but good things, man. Like, I hope he goes to the NFL and absolutely lights it on fire. He's one of the guys, like, you hear him talk, and you just want to root for him, man. Yeah, yeah I, I call that the Danny Woodhead effect. Those are the fair. players that's, yep. like, from nothing, and then they become solid pros because they have a great work ethic. They understand the game. They'll do anything for their football team. Yeah, Schrader well, was on Pat McAfee not long ago, and he was awesome on there. Like, he's one of those guys where you listen to him, and you're like, this guy hopefully did something. he answered one question. I forget what the person even asked him, but his answer to it was absolutely freaking fantastic. He went on this, like, two-minute diatribe about if I want to do the unconventional things, if I want to be part of this select committee, I can't approach life the same way that everybody approaches life. I can't approach everything the way that everybody approaches things. I have to sacrifice to get where I want to go, which means, yes, I'm going to have to sacrifice time. I'm going to have to sacrifice friendships. I'm going to have to sacrifice the things that other people get to enjoy. If I want things to be special in my life and I want to get where I want to be, I have to sacrifice stuff. I was like, dude. Yeah. 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 He says just, things that we all think that no other players really want to say. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Fan of the kid. Hope he crushes. All right, before we get to pass catchers, shout out to a Manscaped. Right now, you can save 20% on Manscaped.com using code DHH. You're going to get the lawnmower. You're going to get a nose and ear trimmer. You're going to get all the sauce, as Derek would say, to make <laughs> everything be smooth, 
feel good, taste good, all the good. It's on manscaped.com. Use code DHH today and save 20% off on that package for your package. That's where it's at. Let's get into wide receivers, which makes my package feel full because that's where it's at this year when it comes to the draft. See, you love that segue? I'm a professional. What can I say? Uh, the, so the taste, the taste good part got me. That that, <laughs> that that line just got me. I was like, <laughs> okay, we went there. All right, well, that's cool. We always go there. <laughs> oh man, but um, I mean, I think the the wide receivers, obviously the the top guys, we got to start with Lad McConkey, Roman Wilson had fantastic weeks, yep. and for guys that really, this type of venue is built for guys like that, like. Short area quicks can win underneath. Um, speed for days, and yes, I'll have to own this. L uh, Thor gave me nothing but shit all week. I thought Roman Wilson was a four four guy. Apparently, he's a four four three guy. So I'm going to own that L right now. Um, yeah. he's, a, he's a freak lister, and those two guys. I think any conversation with the wide receivers has to start with those two guys because Roman Wilson came out day one and was the clear, clear, clear winner out of yeah. all the wide receivers. He crushed into one-on-ones, easy separation the entire day. Uh, day two, you saw him get jammed up on some of his routes when they asked him to go deep or to, to run a perimeter route, like whether it was a go ball or, or a double move. You saw some of the more limitations to his game, but still, he had a really strong week. And the same can be the same thing can be said of Lad McConkey, who I've seen people out there getting out over their skis saying he's a first round pick. Like, come on, let's not get it twisted. Let's not get insane. That shit's nuts. Like, I I think he's a third round pick in the NFL draft, but would it surprise me if he was this year's Jaden Reed and like a team hops up, they love him and they take him in the second round? That will not shock me if he tests well. We see players like Tyquan Thornton and Tutu Atwell go in the second round. Like, that would not surprise me that McConkey would go there because Rondo Moore says hi. Sky Moore says hi. Oh God! All the no, all bad. The, more is less is what they say. <laughs> so yeah, I know those two guys. Roman Wilson was the kind of the bell of the ball, especially if you were if you were searching on mm-hmm. X or Twitter, as the cool kids call it. Um, so he seemed to be a big I, one. I uh, do want to say something about him. Go ahead. Now, if you look at his stats in college, caught a lot of touchdowns, but the yardage wasn't there for being yep. a four three guy. And him getting yep. jammed on those deep routes does that kind of make you think there might be something to his game he needs to tweak a little? Oh, definitely. I mean, all these guys still have stuff to work on. And and I want to I want to preface all this stuff that it, look, you do not throw the entire eval like if you're taking these guys and you're watching 5 to 6 games, they're all 22 and you're writing up all these guys. Like, let's not get too far out over our skis and saying this is the entire evaluation of a player. Okay, I watched him in Mobile, and I'm tossing all that shit to the side. Like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, you're not doing that. So, like, with Lad McConkey, do I like the kid? Do I think that he can play? Yes. Lump is he still guy. a? I mean, is he still <laughs> a guy that over the last two years ranked 95th and 77th in yards per route run? Yes. So yeah, I'm not going to get great. over. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, like, so that's a, the same conversation can be had about Roman Wilson and a lot of these other guys. It's like. We don't need to get out over our skis too far about a, a week of practice and just throw the entire eval in the trash. But Derek, I'm I'm told Lad McConkey is this year's Puka Nakua. Oh, I've heard that about five uh, or six. If I hear next year's Puka Nakua again, I'm gonna no. puke. 
Uh, I, no. will I will tell you that guys from Michigan and Tyler and I, we invested in Nico Collins and Donovan Peoples-Jones because we realized yep. the offenses that they came from weren't the heaviest passing offenses. And Roman Wilson is – and we, we saw Nico and Donovan Peoples-Jones test out of the gym, and they have mm -hmm. more of that alpha profile. Ro Roman Wilson doesn't have that. Nope. But to see him perform the way he did at the Senior Bowl, I think he's going to test really well. Um, that's a guy that, like, yeah, even though he didn't have college production, the athleticism is there, and you see the skill – um, so for me, guys like that, I mean, that, that might prevent some people from drafting him for me. I'm like, no, nah, I want Nico Collins. And I want, I mean, I wanted Donovan Peoples Jones and he did have one really good pro season, um, until he got traded and did, did nothing with the lions, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll see what so, happens. And also you got to look at profiles like Nico Collins, very high recruit. Donovan yeah. Peoples Jones, the number yep. one recruit in that in his high school class. Roman yep. Wilson is a four-star guy. He's not just a guy that came out of nowhere. So he's got pedigree coming out of mm -hmm. coming out of high school. And those are the players that I like to look at. Uh, guys that have athleticism that actually, you know, coming out of high school, teams were looking at. He got scholarships. Well, so, you talk about a guy with a pedigree, Gunth. I mean, we have to talk about Javon Baker next, right? Well, like, yes. And, and uh, like, that's what, that's what got me on Puka because I remember with Puka, mm -hmm. he was a four star guy going into Washington and he caught my eyes. I'm like, this guy could be really good. And he's got a sweet name. So when I, <laughs> when he was coming out of high school, when I was in, uh, a camp, was it camp college to campus, the Canton, uh, yeah, campus, the yeah. Canton league. I was in one and I took Puka very late because I'm like high, high recruit guy, guy's a route runner. That's what he's known for. And, um, yeah, if you if you follow the pedigree from high school, there's a chance that they could actually hit. Yeah, I want I want to talk about a couple of big receivers. Xavier Leggett, who obviously yeah. was people thought he was six three, he's not. And then uh, the the other one was Brendan Rice, which if you don't know, it's Jerry's kid. Um, and I thought <laughs> and, Al and would I, actually get that one right. Trust me, everybody in Mobile knew that, especially after they got to meet Jerry on the sideline. Oh, which, I'm sure. Which, shout out, shout out to Jerry who. Spent a lot, lot of time talking to everybody on the sideline. He was awesome, Good. man. Yeah, I've I've met Jerry in person. He was very, very polite, very nice guy. Yes. Um. So talk to me about those two in the week that they had, because it seemed like Brendan Rice had a pretty good week where Leggett was. Uh... I mean, to be honest, I could tell you mm, for both of them. Um, okay. Leggett had a really rough day one, and so I, I will preface this, and again. This is um, something that I prefaced on our shows the entire week for Fantasy Pros was that I don't think Xavier Leggett was fully healthy entering this process. Mm -hmm. uh, I noticed in day one they were doing the agility drills, the gauntlet and stuff, and he looked very like he was moving through that gingerly, was not pushing it like all the other wide receivers. And to me, if you're not doing that, then that means you probably got something that's nagging or bothering you. Uh, you marry that with also for the entire week, he had a compression sleeve on his left lower leg. So that could be nothing. That could just be something he does or he Shooter feels comfortable sleeve, he wears. I mean, <laughs> we'll see, man. But the thing about it is that <clears throat> you marry the compression sleeve with him moving gingerly. And in day one, he looked terrible. I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it, man. Like he looked clunky. He looked slow in and out of his breaks. And for a guy that he's not truly 100%, as well as if you had the context, he didn't finish out practice in day three. He got dinged up in day three and then spent the rest of the practice watching from the sidelines. But in between those two days on day two, he looked fantastic. 
he he showed a lot more short area quickness. He got in and out of his breaks faster. You saw him getting separation, which he didn't on day one. You saw him getting separation on whether it was out routes, stop routes. Um, he ran some slants over the middle where he got separation. And if you were an Xavier Leggett truther, I am not. If you were, that's They're exactly what you wanted to see. Yeah. And and so he helped himself in that manner. But as far as he really needed a strong entire week, I think, to really boost his stock in the NFL draft. He's going to have to go out there and crush it at his pro day now. He's going to have to go out there, especially considering as a guy that on film, I was like, this guy is 6'3". He moves more like he's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, and then he comes in at 6'1". You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, that's not that great. So... I was not in on Leggett. I think that he helped himself for what he was able to put on the field in Mobile. Brendan Rice, I think Brendan Rice is who you think Brendan Rice is. He's a big perimeter guy. He wins with physicality in his routes. His short area stuff is okay. It's not great. I don't think from a footwork perspective or a short area quickness perspective, he's special. I don't think that. So I think he's going to settle in as a nice like wide receiver for red zone guy. Um, he's like, in, an M- in he's like an MVS. I mean, I look at him. I'm trying to remember. Uh, oh, the, the, the comp that I have and and again, this is not going to be glittering, but this is how I project him to the NFL. And I think a lot of his skills, Nick, West, Nick Westbrook, Akine is the guy that I threw out for the comp. I think he can play yeah, okay. inside outside. I think he's going to be a good pro, but nothing special. So as a guy that's going to continually fill out the NFL depth chart as a wide receiver for, a guy that you could use in a few different ways and, you know, use his size to his advantage at times. I just, there's nothing where you can point to Brendan Rice in his skill set that he's special at. That's going to give him that ability. Okay. Is he a high point guy? Does he have the short area quickness to consistently win uh, versus either faster corners or guys that have a blend of speed and physicality? I don't think so. A lot of like this week where he won his routes, was upper body strength. And you're not going to be able to consistently do that as much in the NFL as you did in college, as you did in Mobile. Um, but a, another guy that I want to bring up, we're talking about the size guys, Johnny Wilson, man. Johnny Wilson, knows. he had um, not a great day one, but you saw the flashes. And the thing that we, a lot of us in, in Mobile wanted to see, is Johnny Wilson going to work with the tight ends? He did not, but... What Johnny Wilson did down there was, I think, answer enough questions about can he get open short and intermediate with his size, and I think he answered those questions. For a guy that didn't have a fantastic day one, they asked him to run a lot of perimeter routes, a lot of go balls, things like that. He can win there. Is that going to be a special sauce in the NFL? I don't think so. But day two, he was on his way to a strong day two to open the day. Like in one-on-ones, he was winning, whether you want to talk about speed off the line footwork or using that size to his advantage on slant routes, he was winning. The problem with Johnny Wilson is, and this went unreported unless this has come out on X and I haven't seen it. He either got, and I think he got hurt in mobile because after the one-on-one drills on day two, you didn't see Johnny Wilson. He did not practice on day three. Yep. We were all sitting outside. So on 
yearly in Mobile, they have the media breakfast, which this year it's, and the way that usually goes is, you know, they, they have stuff set out, all the players come eat and, and, and all the media and everybody gets to kind of mingle with players. You get all your player interviews, things like that. They move that 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 media engagement to instead of it being Wednesday morning at the, like the butt crack of dawn, it was Wednesday afternoon after practices. So uh, for myself, like we're standing out in the hallway uh, with our content director, Mike Mayer, and we're like, we're uploading videos and stuff like that. And we're waiting after the first session ended for the next guys to come in and everybody starts filing down, down the way, going in, in into the big ballroom and mobile and convention center and dragging behind. I see Johnny Wilson walk. Cause you can't miss Johnny Wilson. He's like the only dude there. That's freaking six, six. So he starts walking our way towards media. Somebody stops him on the way and he does a one eighty and takes off the other way and never came back. Okay. And I'm like, you're not available at media stuff. Like, is it not, you not wanting to answer questions about why you didn't finish practice and stuff like that? Probably. But I think he, he picked up an injury and I think that's why he didn't finish the week. But as, as far as a guy that I was really high on entering mobile and we talk about, um, and the same thing could be said for Javon Baker. I'm not tossing my entire eval in the trash based off of three days of practice. Can it help? um separate a player can it can it open up other parts of a player's game where i'm like oh shit like you're actually better than this than i thought you were yes but johnny wilson javon baker i'm not throwing the eval away man so especially like saying a guy that was probably on his way to having a strong strong week of practice but injuries or whatever came up he wasn't able to finish it um and i mean Doug, I don't know how, 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 what are your feelings before I kind of go into a diatribe about Javon Baker? Have you had a chance to watch him yet? I haven't watched much of him. I want to circle back on Johnny Wilson though. So okay. I'm, a, I'm a Florida yeah. state fan. I got the, my jacket on right now, actually. Nice. Um, my concern with Johnny Wilson is that if he stays at the wide receiver position, he will literally be a, a huge outlier if he hits, because you yeah. look at guys Great. that are six, six and over your Ramsey's Bardens, your Colin Johnson's like, they had good, yeah, decent collegiate. I loved Colin Johnson coming out of Texas, and he and he flashed mm-hmm. a little bit for Jacksonville, and then he played with the Giants, I think. But if he if he stays at wide receiver, I'm probably going to be off him in rookie drafts because yeah. he he would be the one guy that's over six six that would hit, and I just don't see that yeah. in his game. And now if he switches over to tight end, then I'll perk up a little bit because I, I size at tight end. Okay, he's got the hands of a receiver. That's the kind of move that I like, like a, a Ricky Seals Jones type of transition, right? You they go what, from uh, wide receiver, they go to tight end, and then you're like, okay, like that's that'll get the juices flowing for me. I think he's going to test well because you're talking about a guy that in high school ran a four five. I still think yeah. that he has four five speed. The comp that I came out, and I want to see Johnny Wilson move. I still want to see him move to tight end because the comp that I had for him because the the his movement skills. A guy at six six should not be able to move the way that Johnny Wilson moves straight yeah. up. Yeah, I look at him and I, and and do I think that he has the the otherworldly ceiling? But I think the close of this player. You say Kyle Pitts, aren't you? Not no 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 no. I'm going to go Darren <laughs> Waller. Actually, okay. I was going to say Evan Ingram. <laughs> um, I, I mean, but I think you're yeah. looking at a guy if he, and this is why I was so enamored about seeing him work at tight end. If you look at his size, the agility, and how he moves. You put him not on the perimeter, but you put him against linebackers and nickel corners. He can eat those dudes up for days. Yeah, man. and it's surprising yeah. he didn't make that transition because this tight end yep. um, depth chart at the Senior Bowl. I mean, there's a couple guys that people know, like Sinan it wasn't great. And, and wasn't Jimmy great. Bell, 
But outside of that, like he could have really stood out in that group. Yes. Um, so he that's why it. I, I was, I was puzzled at that because this wide receiver group, I mean, we still got guys we haven't talked about that. I want to talk about this wide yep. receiver group was deep. So he's obviously getting, you know, uh, whispers that like, Oh, stay at wide receiver, stay at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what I that do, ends up happening. I do want to say something about uh, Liggett and Brendan Rice. Watch them get drafted by the 49ers in the third round and their draft yeah. price skyrocket because Liggett could be a Debo-type replacement. I mean, he's got size, mm-hmm. run after the catchability, um, but injuries. They went to the same school. Yeah, the same school. Yeah. And then Brendan Rice, of course, the Jerry Rice, San Francisco 49ers. But mm-hmm. I feel like if Rice went there – he would be used properly. Like we saw Jen, uh, Jennings from uh, their, their wide receiver three. He produced a little bit, and that could be where Brendan Rice kind of slots in as the, the third receiver for that team. Do you want me to give you a good name on who I think could be a future 49er that we haven't talked about yet? Yes, please. Marcus Rosamy Jackson. I think that the, he's a future San Francisco 49er. Okay. And the reason I'll say that is because – he can win in the short and intermediate. He can win underneath. If you ask him to go take the top off a of defense, he's not going to do that. But he has good route running. The thing that Rosamy Jack Saint does that is going to endear him to an NFL team, and he is going to have – I think if you're looking at all these guys at Senior Bowl and we walk away and say, who is the guy that has like an eight-year career and we didn't see it coming? It's him. He blocks his – ass off in the run game he so was like, fantastic he's like the new jennings yes yeah <laughs> okay. no seriously like no, i love that he's, that's t- good. he's tough out of the catch he's a guy that's not going to get a lot of puff and praise but i think he is the guy that out of all of these guys walks away with probably like an eight to ten year career and everybody's like shit where'd that come from but he's going to be a guy no, that no nfl problem. coaches love no will problem. love him uh, my comp for him was Zach Pascal. Okay. I was thinking Noah Brown is another guy that's yeah, uh, I, more than I'm willing, a great blocker at the position. And then obviously yep. he's flashed in fantasy this past year with Stroud. Uh, yep. All right. We've got we've got a handful of wide receivers to still talk about. So I don't mind if we run a little bit long because I think this is a really good conversation we're having. What are some of the – I saw a lot of uh, Jamari Thrash this week. Yep. Um, popped pretty good. Uh, Malachi Corley was another one. And then um, who else was I thinking of? There was um, – oh, God. I'll get the name. Give me a second. Uh, of course, I have a brain fart. Uh, Jacob Cowing, I'm interested in. Man. All right. So Thrash, I think he's good for what he is and who he is. And the sense of if you ask him to win underneath, you ask him to win versus zone coverage, he can do those things. He has plenty. He has fluid enough hips. He can gear down. He can win in comebacks, curls, uh, out routes, things like that. Put him versus zone. He can win that way. And in that way, he's probably going to settle in as a wide receiver three, four for an NFL team. Um, And he showed all those things in Mobile. So he's kind of like his evaluation for me pre and post Mobile. He is exactly who I thought he was. Okay. And he showed the skills that I thought he had. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) No, there's nothing wrong with that. It's like. There's nothing wrong with, like, you don't have to go to Mobile and blow the damn doors off. If you can also show proof of concept, are you who I thought you were? And can you be that type of guy? Like, and and, and, in a lot of ways, he's exactly who I thought he was. And my comp entering Mobile for him and leaving Mobile for him was Russell Gage. And a guy that 
if he gets put into a situation where he's thrust into a spot where he needs to be a wide receiver two for a team, can he hold down that position for, for sure. and be serviceable? I think so. Is that probably going to be his calling card in the NFL? No. Um, and, and, and I'm blanking on the, the rest of the guys you mentioned you want to talk about, Doug. Uh, it was uh, Malachi Corley and Jacob Cowing. Yeah, Malachi, I, look, I get people wanting to puff him up, and, I, and I, I've seen yeah. the Debo Samuel stuff and all that kind of things out on social media. That is incredibly, incredibly dismissing to Debo Samuel. Yeah, I mean, like, there's really only one Debo Samuel, right? There like, is, man. And Malachi Corley, look, I'm not going to tell you that the kid doesn't have talent. He does. Mm -hmm. Did he consistently separate in one-on-ones? No. Did he get jammed up off the line? Yes. Is he special after the catch? I don't think so. Okay. And I look, he where he went to college, the level that he played at, I think if you would have put him in um, like a power five school, things like that, would you have seen the same level of productivity? I don't think so. And for a guy that literally, I mean, he's a manufactured touch guy. He's going to play the slot. He's going to be the guy that you try to get the ball into his hands. And Debo Samuel is the Ferrari comp for that type of player. And really, right. I th again, I think that that's dismissive to Debo because he is much better as a route runner is than Corley is. Chenault the Fiat comp? I, I said he was poor man's Rondell Moore. So that's, that's, that's another one. That's that's where yeah. I'm at. I mean, honestly, it was the, the it, where I was going into Mobile and where I am leaving. It is exactly the same. He is. If you want to go poor man's Rondell Moore or the guy that I thought he was very close to, and I was not a big fan of him coming out, was Parker Washington. Okay. Gotcha. I love Parker Washington. How dare you? I'm sorry, Tyler. <laughs> I'm sure all of your third round picks or fourth round picks in Dynasty are He's also like weeping right now. Fifth yeah. round pick. I mean, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. no, well, take my eyes, but not my fifth round pick. Any any <laughs> other any other pass catchers that you wanted to make note about that flash for you or disappointed that that you um, uh, recognized? So I, we we were going to talk about cowing. I think we have to bring him up. I was extremely okay. disappointed in his week. Um, okay. Entering the week, I had Jacob Cowling as my wide receiver too, um, amongst that group there. Okay, I thought he could win on the outside. I thought it, the way that he was used in the final two seasons of college, he was neutered as like a low A dot guy, and I thought there was more to his game than that. He had a terrible week in Mobile. Like he got jammed up off the line, couldn't get separation. You didn't see the special because the other thing about it is he also weighed in and measured in even smaller than we thought. Like he was listed at 5'11", 175. He weighed in and stuff at 5'8", 165. And prior to the week of Mobile, I heard a lot of, oh, is he this year's Tank Dell? Oh, Let, let's, let's dispel all of that shit. <laughs> he is not Tank Dell. He is not him at all. And I like cowing in in the process. Like I liked what I saw in film. But again, I'm not saying I want to throw the entire eval in the trash with cowing because I loved him. But his week in Mobile was that bad, man. Like, he had spots where – and I've seen this out of a few different players. Malachi Corley did this this year. Jacob Cowling did it. Romeo Dobbs did it in previous years. It's not a good look whenever you get jammed up off the line off of a corner and they have to restart the drill because you couldn't even, like, separate on a crosser. Yes. Yeah, That's not good. So, for Cowling – it was about as bad of a week, and he he picked up an injury on day three. I don't know. I haven't seen that reported actually what that is, but he yeah. did have to get carted off the field in day three. So hopefully he's able to, to heal up and, and test and do all the pre-draft stuff. 
that because he's going to need it. Unfortunately, he will need it. But the other guy I do want to mention here, um, he was my wide receiver one entering the entering the week. He he is he remains my wide receiver one exiting the week. Even though I will say this, did he have the type of week where the good thing about about Mobile is one of the good things I'll say there's there's tons of shit we could dive through that that that's amazing about Senior Bowl. But one of the great things about it is you see some guys go down there and just absolutely blow the doors off. Like Marshawn Lloyd did this year, like maybe you could you could make a, a case for McConkey or Roman Wilson, um, previous guys of yesteryear that that just crushed that process, like Tank Dell, um, Christian Watson, all of them, Puka, but although he left early, Spears, all those guys crushed it. Yeah. Spears, yeah. I will say I was hoping that Javon Baker went to Mobile and just absolutely gave it to dudes, but he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't have that type of week where he just blew the doors off. Now, in saying that, he didn't have a bad week either. What I saw out of Javon Baker on film and what I, what I was hoping to see coming in was still really good nuance to his routes. Can he get open and short and intermediate? And can he also stretch the field when called upon? Yes. Now, the things that I was hoping to see a little more suddenness out of him and or as well as maybe some raw speed that didn't materialize, but did he also have moments where he dusted corners? Yes. Did he also have moments on day three, one of the first reps and one-on-ones he high pointed a ball. And if you watched any Javon Baker tape out there for anybody, if you've watched any of his tape, you've seen him high point balls on, on back shoulder throws and make that shit look like it's easy. He did that in mobile. So that's a part of his game that I think translates to the NFL, but he's a guy I want to bring up here as he didn't blow the doors off, but I don't think he killed himself either. I still have him as a round three grade for the NFL draft. What was your impression? Because I, I just I watched the senior bowl, the game itself, and mm -hmm. it seems like they were trying to force Tez Walker for deep shots. Jeez. Oh, and it was awful. Like his hand, his hand positioning, he couldn't get his other hand around almost every time they threw at him. So I know the speed is there, but what I tend to avoid in dynasty drafts is I don't chase the guys that are just fast. I think they do that in the NFL. We've seen the John Rosses of the world. Yep. Like Tez Walker, I know he's been getting uh, pumped up in the dynasty circles. And now he shouldn't be. I, I agree with you. So especially after seeing the senior bowl game itself, I was like, yeah, he's fast. But other than that, like, no, like I'm not, not a huge fan. I, I'm not either, and I was not a fan of Tez Walker walking into this process. Um, I'm not uh, leaving Mobile. I just – he's a guy that you really could make a lot of cases for to say, like, dude, you should have gone back to college for another year. Like, you should have done that or at least considered it. I know that he had a lot of the stuff with the NCAA, what, you know, however we want to talk about right. that, like how that would have played out. I get that, but at the same token, like, Tez Walker is – I mean, I, I look at him as a situational deep threat only um, for a guy that, and yes, we could talk about 17.1 a dot in college and stuff like that, but he doesn't consistently separate in short and intermediate. He is, and, and something I was, ex I wasn't expecting this when we, we got to mobile, he is rail thin. Like he's not a guy who's like big bulky or looks like he's built in the sense of like, can he beat press? Does he have the upper, upper body strength to do that? Tez was now was he was he ripped sure but like he was real thin dude I mean, so he like came in, he came in at one ninety seven 
which is interesting. And he looked every bit of it on the yeah. field, like thin legs, thin upper body. Like he just doesn't look like a guy that that is extremely built to deal with physical corners. And you see that in his game too. And uh, so for me, I entered the week with Tez Walker. My comp for him was Brian Edwards, and I leave Mobile oh. with that's exactly the same. Oh, Brian Edwards. Yep. Mid round, sec- mid second round rookie pick back in the day. Oh. Mm. Womp womp. All right, you said you wanted to talk about Luke McCaffrey. I've got two more names. One of them is Luke McCaffrey, obviously Christian's brother, and then mm-hmm. Ricky Pearsall. Impressions so Luke- on those guys. Luke, again, you want to talk about proof of concept. Same with Jamari Thrash. I think Luke McCaffrey is going to be a productive slot wide receiver in the NFL. That's exactly what he did at Rice. Yeah, I mean, dude, like he... First one in, last one out. He he played... I mean, he... He, I, I know all the tropes, Tyler. I get, I, get, I get where you're going. I get where you're going with this. But I think Luke McCaffrey, and I, I think that he proved the the proof of his skill set and that he got open uh from the slot he got open on short and intermediate routes he got open in the red zone and he did it in a variety of ways whether it was speed releases whether it was nuanced route running whether it was head fakes jabs things like that in his routes he did all those things as well as showing a little bit of upper body strength that maybe didn't come across a ton on his film at points but McCaffrey He's not a guy that you're going to ask to go stretch the field. He's not a guy that you're going to ask to produce a lot of yak. What can McCaffrey do? He can get open. Exactly. And dad did. (laughs) I mean, he, he, he proved that he is an NFL player at the wide receiver position. He, I mean, I I don't think there's any questions about that. The only thing I will say, the only other thing I'll, I'll toss on here about Luke McCaffrey is we heard I heard so many people asking him questions about about Christian and the Super Bowl at Senior Bowl, and and I just want to put this out there as a PSA for anybody. Don't don't do that shit. Like don't do not do that shit. Like don't these guys come to it should be this about event. them. Damn right. Yeah, Damn it's right. about them, like, not their mother, like their going, sister, I, their mother. It's literally yeah. like going to interview and being like, "So, Doug, tell me about your sister who works here." <laughs> yes, that kind of shit b- boils my damn blood. It, I heard it all freaking week, and I was like, "Dude, I'm I'm gonna lose my damn mind if I hear one person, one more person, ask Luke McCaffrey about Christian and what does he think are about the Super Bowl? Are, are you going to the Super Bowl? Like, what do you think he's I heard going they got to a say? Box. Are you gonna like, be there? There are two instances that it, it has absolutely pissed me the hell off when I've been in Mobile and I've heard people do dumb shit like that. Uh, One, Luke McCaffrey. Two, when I was there, uh, it was a year or two years ago, whenever this was, when Max Duggan was there, and I'm hearing people ask Duggan about Quentin Johnston and what do you think about Quentin Johnston? What do you think about his profile? Do you think he goes high? Ask the kid about his game. He's there for him. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit and neither should you about asking him stupid ass questions about what 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 are these other guys going to do? Have respect and yeah. ask the kid about his game and what he's going to do throughout the week because this event is about him and his NFL future. So if you have an idiotic question like that to ask one of these kids, just don't do it. Button your mouth together and walk to the back of the line. So yeah, you know that 100%. guy that just walked out? What do you think of him? 
Do you think he's a good worker? <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. Like, I was just like, come on, like, have respect for these kids, man. Like, yeah, that's this true. is their NFL future, and you're asking them dumbass questions. Like, get out of here with what's that. A, what's Olivia like, Luke? Is she cool? So deep. <laughs> oh, my God. Tell me more about Thor. oh 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 oh, man i could tell you some stories but we're not gonna go there we're not gonna go there say i i've i meet thor every year up at sfb and he is uh he's a fun Uh, character dude he's he's salt of the earth um but yes i could go on a this is this this show is not really about me what can i tell you about thor let's let's converse that's what we brought you in for (laughs) tell us about him it was an all an elaborate ruse (laughs) As I text Thor, okay, that does help you our show. Stay away from those <laughs> Stay away from those guys. Uh, any anything else at the pass catcher position of note uh, before we wrap this thing up? I think uh, if you're looking at Theo Johnson uh, submitting himself as like a mid round pick, I think he did a lot of stuff to help himself this week as a guy that I heard his name was Buzzy. It was. I mean, he. If you're looking for a clear winner from the tight end position. I think it has to be Theo Johnson. Uh, consistently got open in one-on-ones, caught everything his way. Do I look at him as like being a difference maker tight end and fantasy and, and going to the next level? Probably not. Is he a guy that, again, we're talking about guys that can carve out, you know, six-year, 10-year career, play play in line and 12, be a serviceable uh, receiving option in the yeah, passing I mean, game. Anthony yes. Fersker was catching a pass in the playoffs. I was like, oh, yep. the name I haven't heard in a minute. I know, man. We had Ferk Daddy sightings in the playoffs, man. I Crazy was times. Like, Fersker? I didn't even know he was on that team. <laughs> like, I was I was today years old when I whenever he caught that pass and I realized, oh shit, you're a lion? Okay. Yeah. Oh, he, he, he had a cup of coffee with the Patriots. Like, yeah, it's wild. Yep. Tight end, you can last a lot. If you're a solid blocker and just mm-hmm. fundamentals, you're you can last a long time in the league. So all right, well, that's awesome. Glad to hear about the pass catchers. I am uh, getting more and more pumped for this class, especially as we start to get closer to the combine. So, Derek, I we appreciate your expertise and your feedback from the Senior Bowl. I know it's an awesome week in Mobile. Mm-hmm. You get to hang with the boys. You get to check out all the players you're interested in, and it's it sounds like a dream. And maybe one day I'll be able to do it. Um, but thank you. Got to be the on. next year, man. Got to be the next year. We'll see what happens. But uh, where can we find you and what are you working on and what's popping in the in the world of Mr. Brown? Oh, man, all the things and stuff for prospects. So I will have um, I have my positional primers for senior bowl that are still live on the site. So any of these kids, you want to read my write ups about them, um, as well as uh, on the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel and the podcast feed. Uh, we have uh, day one, day two, day three recaps. We have positional rankings for senior bowl. Uh, we are actually recording a show uh, later today, recapping the entire event with Thor, myself, and Joey P. Uh, so that will be live on YouTube. It's a good warm up for you, then. Nice. Yeah, it's good, man. Hey. It's a good day. It's a good day. I can't. I mean, look. Anytime that I get to hop on and talk ball with you boys, like it's going to be a good day. But man, oh, like yeah. it's all prospects all the time. I'll have uh, my positional primers for rookie drafts uh, live um, later in the process after I get through all of these guys and get caught up on prospects. So. Quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. I'll cover all the positions, stats, scouting reports, write-ups, comps. All those things will be in there. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. And uh, thank you to Underdog, Manscaped, as well as Trophy Smack for sponsoring us this week. Tyler, any last words before you get on out of here? No, it's always fun to chat with uh, D-Bro, one of my favorites in the industry. And uh, if you aren't following him, you're doing yourself a disservice. 100%. You need to do that. 
because when it comes to prospects and all the fun stuff, fantasy or dynasty, he's your, your must follow. 100%. So for me, for Tyler, for Derek, we'll see you next time on the Dynasty Happy Hour.